assembled crash test dummies back when I was in college in the 80s, and I ended up being very successful on my first record. It was, it was in the right place at the right time. You know, pretty lucky guy. Tarzan wasn't a ladies' man. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Ron, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, G. Simon. Harrison. Harrison, uh, I think I need your advice. Okay. Your sage advice. I give good advice. I, you do. I you don't do. Live well, but I, I uh, give good advice to other people. Well, I think it's your life experience. Yes. You know, you've experienced a lot in life, and you're able to, uh, you know, give give a um, good advice based on that. Right. So I think I inadvertently created an awkward situation at work. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy. I don't want to give his name. Let's just call him Robbie. Okay. Robbie's probably I don't know. Uh, I think he's Latin. I'm not sure. A Hispanic gentleman. Always wears an L.A. Dodger jersey. He's got a couple bad tattoos. I would say he's probably late 40s, early 50s. Has a few young kids. Loves the Dodgers. Um, and listens to a lot of ACDC, I think. You know you know the, the type? Anyway, he's a nice guy. Uh, I don't, I think, but sure, go ahead. Well, whatever. I mean, I think yeah. you can envision the type. Um, nice guy. I don't know him all that well. I'm an acquaintance level. Sometimes I have to help him out with computer issues at work. Well, anyway, I was in the kitchen getting coffee. How old is this person? I would say late 40s, early 50s. Because okay. he right. does have a couple kids. Yeah, I'm yeah. not much older than me, yeah. uh, to be honest. But anyway, I was in the kitchen. I was getting coffee. And there's another guy I work with that's kind of a hipper, hipper, cool dude. Um, we sometimes talk about music and shows coming up. And so he comes up and he is just like, Asked me something, but he's like, oh, I heard you wrote a book. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote, wrote a book about, um, you know, I was a strip club DJ for a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just wrote a book about it. You know, play. he's like, what's it called? I was like, oh, play something dancey. I was like, check it out. I try to keep that on the super DL at work. Sure. I yeah. don't want to talk about it at work. I don't want people to know about it at work. And in fact, it's probably something that could get me fired at my job. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't know if, because people have been fired for less, put it that way. Um, so anyway, this guy, Robbie was within earshot and he hears us talking. He's like, you wrote a book. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, what's, he's like about a strip club. And I was like, yeah, I was a strip club DJ for a few years. And I just wrote this book. And he was like, dude, you're a strip club DJ. And I was like, yeah, yeah. he goes, man, do you ever say that? Come to the stage. And I was like, yes. I had yeah. to say that many times. Come to yeah. the stage, cherry. And I was like, Yeah. He's like, do you work at like Deja Vu? And I was like, yeah, I worked at a couple, you know, several clubs. But yeah, Deja Vu in like San Francisco. Yeah. I was like, I, I got to go. But yeah, hey, um, yeah. Uh, he was just like, We're, he's like, do you have like an audio version of your book? Because I don't like to read. And I was like, no. He's like, can you make yeah. one for me? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Prob- probably not because it's yeah. very time consuming. He's like, well, maybe think about making it for people who are dyslexic. That'd be a good idea. And I was like, that, that is a good idea. Thank you, Rob. It's Thank like, you, R. Kelly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just kind of like walked away. Well, okay. now 
when I see the guy, like if I'm in the, because we work on the same floor, when yeah. I come back from the bathroom, I'll see him and he'll just be like, deja vu. And I was just yeah. like, and so I was just kind of like, ha and I walked by. Yeah. And then today, as I was mm-hmm. walking back to my desk, he was just like, come to the stage, David. Yeah. <laughs> and I was that you know, that's my name, obviously. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, no. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. what to say. And I was yeah. totally embarrassed because everybody's just looking around. And he's just like, didn't you say that at the, like all the time yeah. at the strip club? And I was just like, and I think people think that me and this guy yeah. go to strip clubs together. Yeah, yeah. So now what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. how do I? I've been avoiding him. Yeah. I've been avoiding. I've avoided them all day. You just got to take them aside and be like, dude, keep shit on the, you know, DL. That's it. That's all you have to do. Do you think I just need to grab him and just kind of Yeah, you need to grab him and pull him aside. I think I'm going to shatter his dreams. Like, this guy thinks it's the coolest thing. This is like, you know, you know, just be like, HR doesn't like shit like that. There's, we had to do all these things. What was wrong with you? You know, don't say what is wrong with you, but just be like, hey, you know, like, you you cool you get it man you know what i mean make him think like he's in on a joke or something you know but i don't want to make um, him feel bad i mean he's so impressed by it and i think he feels like now we have this connection well and- the important the most important thing it's more important to have him shut the fuck up about it right <laughs> then then uh <laughs> He's for, for, so... for, for you I feel like it's more important for you that he doesn't feel like you and he are cool you know it, it, than I'm... it is for like you to not get fired I'm trying like I've been avoiding him because I just okay. don't want to deal with it but I think yeah. I'm going to do that next time I see him in the kitchen I'm going to be like hey dude you can't mm-hmm. talk about that stuff yeah but I feel like yeah. he's one of those guys where it's like mm-hmm. he thinks now he thinks it's funny like we're bros mm-hmm. Because we have this secret, mm. like the secret between bros. And mm. I don't know. It's not I think... a secret if he's just saying, come to the stage, <laughs> hey, the strip club with me. That's not a secret. He's just That's like, like the opposite. Like, remember when we killed that hobo? <laughs> we set him on fire? <laughs> hey, hey, Susie from accounting, how are you? Yeah. You it's know, like, it's it, so it's... awkward. Like, I was talking yeah. back, he's like, deja vu, coming to the stage. And everybody's just kind of looking at me. Schneider from fucking <laughs> that shitty Saturday Night Live bit. With Amanda making guppies. Remember yeah, that it's, shit? It's similar to yeah, that. Yeah. Making some guppies. But yeah. now I think people think that I hang out with this guy at the Deja Vu strip club, which I don't. And right. I just, I don't know. I think Is that's what I'm going to do. Deja Vu strip club here? Yeah. There's one in Glendale. Oh, you used to, used to not I didn't know. one in North in Hollywood. I'm sorry. There's one in North Hollywood, not too oh. far from my work. And so I don't know if he thinks that like, mm. or I don't, I don't know. I'm waiting for him to be like, you want to go, but mm. I'm not going to go. No, but I, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think tomorrow when I go get some coffee and I see him in there, I'm going to be like, Hey Robbie, um, mm. keep that on the DL. Like we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. He might try to blackmail me or something. <laughs> into making him a fucking audio version of the book because he can't read. I don't know how he got hired. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Well, he's an artist. He's like a, I think he's like an illustrator or something. He must be a good illustrator. He must be. He's been there a long time. That guy's been there like eight or nine years. Yeah, there are some artists that work where I work and it's like, like if they weren't really super crazy talented artists, I don't even know how they'd be alive, you know? Yeah, but you but you know what's what's funny about this guy, 
like talking to this guy, you can kind of see him just being swayed by some charismatic cult leader. Right. Like he's, you know, that some people are that like impressionable that they would just be like, yeah, like, you know, you need to go uh, murder a virgin and join this cult. And I bet you this you know dude what? would I do it. I feel like I could do, I could be swayed by a, the, the right charismatic cult leader. You think you could like give into a cult of yes. personality? And I'll tell you why, because I want to. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want the burden of choice anymore. I don't want it. You, you just know? want someone to give you direction. That's why I love it when like I, I work at a place and they have a cafeteria and it's just like food fascism. It's just like, you're having steak today. And I'm like, I'm having steak today. Hooray. So you, you know? don't have to choose. Yeah, I don't have to choose anything, you know? God, like, just you... make all my decisions for me, motherfucker. Please. You, you need know? to live in a fascist state or something. I'm tired of shit. I'm tired <laughs> of this nonsense, you know? I just feel like this guy, I could mm. play like juveniles back that ass up, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for a girl with double D breasts. And he would, if I did that for him, you know, three times a week, he'd follow any of my orders. Right. You know? I could just like uh, become the strip club cult leader or whatever. See if if my cult leader did play. I, I mean, I do love that song. But if my cult <laughs> if my cult leader played that song and then said that Lil Wayne's verse was the best verse, I'd immediately leave the cult. It would just you you'd snap out of it. Yeah, because it's like his entire verse is just he rhymes "drop it like it's hot" with "drop it like it's hot" like twenty <laughs> times. That's it. It's not a verse. But that's kind of Lil Wayne's technique. He just rhymes the it's same not, words not over and over again. Right? And the that's N word. Fucking, that's a learning disability. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's right? a lack of a vocabulary is what yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. I feel like if this guy, you know, uh, was, it was in a circumstance where he was in front of a very influential person, he could be easily swayed, easily taken advantage of, and easily become part of a cult and maybe commit horrible murders like the murders in Snowtown from the 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, what inspired me to talk about this, this uh, particular topic was a, a caller, um, a fan actually wrote like in. Christmas land? Where the fuck is Snowtown? Snowtown's in uh, Australia, but these oh, Snowtown God. murders were infamous in Australia. In fact, people say that the, uh, the, the killer, the serial killer who uh, committed all these murders, the most prolific Australian serial killer of all time. Mm. And so I didn't, you know, I remember when this happened because I remember it was the Barrel Murders. But I never really, you know, I wasn't obviously young. I wasn't doing the show back then. Um, and it was in Australia. But I, we never really covered this. So this guy called in. Let me see if I can find the call here. We can play, uh, play a bit of it. And he suggested, he suggested we, uh, we uh, discuss the Snowtown murders. Okay. Here, I'm going to play the call. Uh, good afternoon. Is this the Jews and Blues hotline? I've just got a... It's Jim Jeffries, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, theory about why the Israelis <laughs> went to the moon. Was it just for the free eternal parking? That's great. Can I ask Paul from mm. Australia? Thanks, Jim. That really uh, hit home, mm. that one. Mm. <laughs> I ran up uh, episode 666 and got some airtime. Thanks for that. <laughs> I've just been going through some hard, hard times. Going through divorce. Speeding tickets, parking fines. You know, hearing in Australia, just like with his list of lamentations here, yeah. it's just, it, it just sounds funny because their voice. 
It's yes, hard for me to feel funny. Yeah, it's just no, hard for me to feel sorry. You can't take it seriously. Yeah, it's like yeah. I got parking tickets. Yeah, it's like you know, why it's don't like, you just smile and give me a Vegemite sandwich? It's like as they're listing their mm. Jeremiah ads or whatever. It's like you're Australian mm. and you have a ridiculous accent. Mm. You sound like Crocodile Dundee. I don't feel bad for you. Yeah. But anyway. Broken teeth. Uh, Broken teeth. But to the power of. Sorry, I'm driving. To the power of Dr. Infinity, D. Simon leaves the post about the quality of phone calls not being up to scratch. I did leave a post about that. Mm -hmm. I was upset because uh, when we did Dr. Infinity a few uh, weeks ago, um, the calls we got were terrible that week. Mm. You know, sometimes we get great calls, epic calls, but sometimes they're just, I don't know, not up to par. Fuck. Yeah. So I just thought I'd ring and give my two cents, and you guys should do a show about the Snowtown murders in South Australia, early 80s. There's bodies in barrels, a bank vault, a bit of cannibalism. I thought it might make the show. Anyway, uh, keep up the good work, guys. Uh Get the anal, anal worms out of your uh, way and hope to catch up soon. You know, you know what it is? It's the rising inflection. Keep the anal worms out of your way. Hmm. Like if they didn't have that rising inflection, I don't think it'd be as comical of an accent. No. I think that's what it is. It's the rising inflection. Anyway, he did, you know, I listened to this call a few months ago and I forgot about it or whenever we did that Dr. Infinity uh, topic. And then uh, recently I was going through calls, and I'm like, you know what? He's on to something. The Snowtown murders is actually quite interesting. Okay. Um, you, you, do you have no recollection of that one at all? No. Well, it didn't happen in the early 80s. It happened actually in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, the Snowtown murders, also known as the Bodies and Barrel murders. I'm not going to try to say it like an Australian because it would just sound ridiculous. Yeah, I um, can't do that accent. No, I, I wouldn't even want to. I think, I mean, the only, the only, the only uh, thing that sounds more ridiculous than an Australian accent is a South African. Like, we from South Africa. Oh, you yeah, know what when, I mean? That's when you like, get the Afrikaner, because South Africa yeah, yeah, had the yeah. British South Africans and the Afrikaner South right, Africans. Yeah, yeah, the most right. ridiculous accents. Yeah, yeah. No. We from South Africa, you know. God. <laughs> Before they say something like the most racist thing you've ever heard yeah, in your life. <laughs> just like something you know? about like how a, they wish it was still apartheid. The yeah, golden yeah. years of South Africa. You're like, Jesus Christ, mm. what's wrong with you? Mm. Um, so anyway, the Snowtown murders, known as the Bodies and Barrels murders, were the murders of 12 people in Southern Australia uh, between August 92 and May 99. Mm-hmm. So this happened in the 90s. The crimes were uncovered when the remains of eight victims were found in barrels of acid in a former bank building in Snowtown, South Australia. Hmm. Yeah, in May 1999. Snowtown's about 145 kilometers north of Adelaide. So it's kind of down there, hmm. deep south. Uh, Snowtown is frequently linked with the crimes. The bodies have been held in a series of locations around Adelaide. So actually, Snowtown only really had a couple bodies in it. Um, but for, for the most part, they've been spread around different locations of Adelaide. Um, eight bodies were found in plastic barrels in a disused bank vault. On, uh, in May 1999. Three days later, two bodies were found buried in uh, Salisbury North in a backyard uh, in a suburb north of Adelaide. So a total of four people were arrested and charged over all these murders. Um, all were convicted of the murders or assisting. And so, but the group was all influenced by a central ringleader, this guy named John Bunting. 
Mm. So it, that's that's the thing. Like John was the ringleader of this group of degenerates, and uh, he called them his lieutenants. And so he kind of like sort of infected these guys with his ideology and got mm. them to do his bidding, which I think I could do easily with this guy at work. Yes. Um, yeah, I should get him to take a piss and like this one HR chick's coffee. But I wouldn't do that because I'm not a disgusting human being. But I have thought about it. Um, Bunting, driven to murder by his hatred for pedophiles and homosexuals, has been described as a skilled manipulator of people hmm. and Australia's worst serial killer. You, I often wonder like how many Australian serial killers there are. I mean, there has to be few. Like a few, right. you know, yeah. notorious ones. There's one other guy, the backpacker. I forget his name here. Um, there was a, there was an interesting female one. I forget her name. Oh, there's a female Australian she, yeah. serial killer? She, she wasn't really a serial killer. She was just like a fucking violent animal who would just like, like she wasn't, you know, like, like I Tasmanian need to devil. kill again. Yeah, she'd just be like, if you looked at her wrong, she'd just smash you to death with like a frying pan, you know? <laughs> so This is this guy, Ivan uh, Milat, was considered mm. Australia's worst serial killer. He killed like seven people and they, they called it the backpacker murders. But uh, this guy almost doubled his kill count. This uh, John Bunting. They like to kill backpackers over there, don't they? It's a oh, thing. There must be a lot of backpackers. It's a national pastime. Though. Well, think about it. There's a lot of backpackers because, yeah. like, what, three yeah. quarters of their country is just nothing? Yeah, yeah. But, like, wilderness? Well, yeah, but then they're also like, well, I'm going on walkabout, you know? And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I you find them all over the world doing stupid Going shit. on walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> you want to come with me? Um, oh, I'm going to Christmas land for walkabout. <laughs> So John Justice Bunting hated pedophiles. His murders were not random or aimless or over turf, but they were, they were so base that they were over money. He and his cohorts pocketed more than $97,000 in social security payments on behalf of their dead victims. But seriously. How do you cash a check without it getting back to you? you know? that, that's weird. Well, this is the weird thing. A lot of their victims were people that they were friends with or even relatives. So I think they're able to like kind of pull the fleece over the, uh, the, the national service or whatever that, that their, their social security office in Australia probably wouldn't be that difficult. Everyone's all drunk on Fosters anyway. Yeah. Um, he and his lieutenants, there were four guys here. Uh, there's Bunting, Robert Wagner, Mark Hayden, and James Volosakis. I love they, Robert Wagner. Yeah. Robert Wagner. Yeah. Uh, they killed... And according to Bunting, to avenge the little children. This is what Wagner said. Pedophiles were doing terrible things to children, and innocent children were being damaged. The authorities did nothing about it. We were angry. Someone had to do something about it. We decided to take action, and we took the action. So mm. they, they kind of consider themselves like Bronson or something, like vigilantes. But, I mean, really... They were just trying to, they're too lazy to get a job. Were they really um, pedophiles? No, they were killing pedophiles. No, Are I you know. seeing the victims? Were the people they were, yeah, the victims. You know, some of the victims were pedophiles, mm. or, well, accused of being pedophi pedophiles. I mean, it's mm. kind of hard to even say if they were or not. There were a couple people. Uh, one of the. Uh, well, how one, is it hard to say? Like, well, if I wanted to go start killing pedophiles, 
I'll just pull open the fucking sex offender registry and I'll, I'll just get started in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? I don't mean? think they have that in Australia. Oh, okay. Like All one right. of the guys, one of the victims. Oh, they probably didn't have it in the 90s, maybe, you know? Yeah, may, maybe not. No. But I mean, one of the guys, one of the victims that, uh, that the pedophile that was murdered actually did molest one of the killers. So that guy was obviously a pedophile. Okay. Uh, but it, but the other people, it's like bunting just decided like arbitrarily, that guy's a pedophile, we have to kill him. Mm. You know, so they're just kind of following their ringleader. Yeah. Um, so bunting's considered to be the central figure throughout all the killings and the torture. And that's the thing. It wasn't just killings. It was they tortured these victims. And that's what, mm. that's what makes me think it's not really about money. It's not obviously not about justice for, you know, the victims of pedof- pedof- pedophiles. Uh, what it is, it's this guy was a sadist. I mean, he got off on torturing people. Mm-hmm. And he enjoyed watching it. And, the, it was, and he was with a, a group of sadists. Yeah. Um, his personality, though, was the motivation for the other perpetrators. Uh, during the trial, they had uh, several uh, forensic psychiatrists that believed that Bunting just perfectly fit the profile of a psychopathic killer who mm. derived satisfaction from controlling his victims and torturing them. Mm. Uh, when he was young, a little background on this guy. His favorite pastime was burning insects in acid. That's what he did as a, as a boy. Burn the insects in acid. Uh, during his teenage years, he gravitated towards the neo-Nazis. Sure. Um, yeah, he was a eugenicist, mm. even though he probably didn't know the, the meaning of that term. Uh, but he did believe in the increased perfection of humanity through the expulsion of its lesser qualities. Even though he could only listen to audiobooks, <laughs> he couldn't read. <laughs> Different guy. Yeah, I but still, you know. Still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his hatred for pedophiles and homosexuals extended to the disabled and drug addicts, whom he mm. regarded as a waste of humanity. Right. This guy's such a buzzkill. Why would you hang out with this dude? Yeah. Hates gay people, hates drug users, hates pedos. It's always like, yeah, I mean, the people who are always like Nazis, especially in the U.S., it's like you go to like Pennsylvania and there's all these Nazis. But it's like they're all on fucking welfare. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, yeah. and, they, and that's the thing. And, they, and yet they still vote for like Trump, mm. you know, because they think that's like he's going to make America great again for them. You know, we could be Nazis again and make money. But yeah, it's like these guys deal meth. You know, even the Nazis here. You know, they're all like, uh, you know, the, these uh, skinhead gangs in like uh, Southern California and Orange County. Biggest meth dealers in the state. Sure. Um, this is weird. This is No, weird I know. Thing. I used to have to go up to the valley and buy from them all the time. <laughs> and they some, like, they, some of know, them make good meth, I need to be honest. Nazi but. with a shotgun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a like, bald guy covered in swastika tattoos. I remember when I, when, I, when I finally ended up going to like Betty Ford for like um, intensive outpatient. I'd, I'd go to like, uh, you know, group. I'd go to, I'd have like substance abuse uh, group counseling. And it'd be a lot of gay guys who were like hooked on meth or something. And they'd be like, they're like, honey, what, what do you mean Nazis? They're like, they, like, they're like I just go on Grinder, And that's where I get my meth. I'm like, what? I, I was going up to the valley and dealing with like a Nazi with a shotgun and a trailer. And you're like, it was a whole thing. Do, just going grinder. But let me tell you, it's probably better tweaked than they get. You know, yeah, well, hey, that's it. Yeah, that's true. Hey, hey. Hey, gays always get good drugs. Um, so bunting, this is, this is weird. 
So Bunting, in his house, had fashioned a rock spider wall on a wall of a spare room in his house. Let me explain. It was a chart created uh, using paper notes and wool with an interconnected web of names of people (laughs) Bunting suspected to be a pedophile. What do they call it? A spider? Well, uh, apparently in colloquial Australian terms, pedophiles are called rock spiders. Oh. Yeah, I guess in Adelaide, they call them rock spiders. That's interesting. Which are probably also some kind of weird beast that exists in Australia. I I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it. Like something that could kill you in like 30 seconds. Where it's like, oh, if it bites you, your soul lives on forever inside its (laughs) belly. You know, (laughs) in agony. You know, berries inside of your intestines and like (laughs) comes out. I don't know. Um, Yeah. yeah. Rock spider? That's what you call it. The rock spider. It was wall. a rock spider. <laughs> a rock <laughs> spider. <laughs> um, at times, Bunting would just randomly, like, he'd close his eyes and just select a name on the wall mm. and say that this guy's a pedophile and would get what's coming to them. Yeah, it was. And it was connected with, like, yarn, like an X Files thing. Yeah, no, totally. Like, this is like, like Mulder's bedroom. Like the wire. Had, like, paper notes and wool and pictures of pedos. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He called it his shrine to the wickedness of pedophilia. And right. so he would bring all the lieutenants in, and they mm. would, uh, yeah, and they, and they would just basically just, you know, uh, pour over the wall, and then he would just close his eyes and just, uh, just with his finger, you know, divine the fate of whoever it happened to touch. Do you think his lieutenants wore those um, shorts that are like sweatpants shorts? <laughs> you know those are did. very popular in Southern Australia, though. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you know that. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I think either. they're called jorts, right? Or no, those are jean shorts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sweatpants shorts. These are like the Beavis and Butthead shorts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that like, yeah. So, so Bunting had a crew. Uh, this one guy, Robert Joe Wagner, was his main, like, right-hand man. And he met this guy in 91. And the weirdest thing about this is when he met Wagner, Wagner was living with his boyfriend, Barry Lane. Yeah. Like, uh, Wagner, you know, started, he had a boyfriend. He was gay. He was living with a guy. And then he met Bunting and just started spending an inordinate amount of time with Bunting. And he became obsessed with this guy as his new overlord and just totally bought into the hateful ideologies about gays and pedophiles. Like so much so that they actually murdered his boyfriend. Damn. Yeah. Which is weird. Uh, He must've totally wanted to bone the dude. Had to have. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's just weird that he would just like, he'd just be watching the guy talk and be like, we have to kill all the pedophiles. But in his mind, it'd be like playing like, I don't want to wait for the (laughs) night to be over. You know, (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah, so Wagner was his right-hand man. The next guy was this guy named Mark Ray Hayden, um, who just, he didn't actually kill anybody. He wasn't convicted of the murders, but he did plead guilty to helping the serial killers dispose of the bodies. And then there was James Spyridon Velasakis, who along with his mother and half-brother lived with Bunting and was drawn into helping. What the fuck is a Spyridon? That's his middle name. Did I think he fight like, Godzilla, Spyrodon? <laughs> yeah, I think he was one of the Titans, actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he mm. uh, killed Mothra. Nice um, but yeah, this guy was drawn into helping uh, with the murders and the torture. And he actually mm. ended up flipping on them. 
So mm. he gave, uh, yeah, he ended up flipping on them. And his testimony is what really got uh, Wagner and Bunting put away for life. Uh, but mm. Bunting spent a, lot of, spent a lot of time with Valasakis and assumed the role of a bit of, like, bit of a father figure here. And he regularly commuted his hatred, uh, communicated his hatred for pedophiles and homosexuals to this kid. And uh, during this time, uh, Velasakis confided in uh, How many Bunting, pairs of sweatpants shorts do you think they had to bribe him with to rat on his friends? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just sweat, sweatpants shorts or Foster's too? Uh, Foster's too, of course. I, I would say yeah. like maybe five big cans of Foster's, yeah. three pairs of sweatpants shorts. Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he confided in Bunting that his stepbrother, this guy named Troy Yude, who was one of the victims, had molested him at the age of 13. And that's when Bunting suggested that he needs to be bashed. Mm. So that was where, kind of where it all started. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, I mean, this guy, Bunting, just kind of chose victims on a whim, basically. I mean, he, he would accuse someone of being a pedophile, uh, but it didn't matter. He didn't, like, he didn't like obese people. He hated drug users, hated gay men. So, and most of the victims here were friends or acquaintances of at least one guy, one member of the group. So, I mean, it wasn't really that difficult for them to get the uh, social security details, bank details, because a lot of times they knew these people. Um, so the final murder here, they, they committed a bunch of murders, uh, but the final murder, and this is the murder that kind of stuck out in why S Snowtown is for, will forever live in infamy. Uh, it was, the final murder is conducted in a bank building like this disposed vault. And after the, and there were barrels filled with bodies and acid that had been sitting there in storage. And so police officers, a Snowtown officer, which you got to think of like, this place is like, uh, the fuck, what was the, uh, the town that Andy Griffith was the sheriff of? Mayberry. This place is like Australia's Mayberry. Okay. Just with sweatpants shorts. Australia mullets. from Mayberry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Snowtown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Snowtown officer said it was a scene from the worst nightmare you've ever had. Because I don't think any of us were prepared for what we saw. There were no, so there was no Fosters is what you're saying. There are no Fosters. I don't okay, even okay. think it, like yeah. if they had five Fosters, they still would have been shocked here. This yeah. building was littered with tools that the killers used to torture and murder their victims. Here's a few. A bloodstained saw, double barrel shotgun, rolls of tape, rubber gloves, cloths. And this is the weirdest thing. A... Variac metallurgy tool. Do you know what that is? No. I guess it's a trade name for a variable auto transformer. And that's what they use to administer electric shocks to the genitals of their victims. Ooh, girl. Yeah. And yeah. The, uh, the, the pathologist re report later revealed that all the victims had prolonged torture. And that it had, been, it had taken place just using everyday tools such as... Uh, you know, pinchers, pliers, clamps, uh, this metallurgy tool. I mean, they kinda, they're kind of like MacGyvers of, uh, I don't know, sadistic torture methods. Okay. You know? um, and the, the, the other thing, too, the victims were all forced to call their torturers God, Master, Chief Inspector, and Lord Sir. <laughs> Lord Sir. Yeah. Now, here's another detail that I think I think this is the most disturbing, even more disturbing than the torture tools and the, the metallurgy electric shock thing and the rock spider wall. It was the fact that Bunting insisted on playing the 1994 
live album throwing copper during all of the murders. Oh, no. Do you remember that band live? Was that, there was the, I love you. Yeah. They had a bunch of singles, I think. Dude, they, you know, I actually had rock, I think. Well, I don't know if it was Christian rock, but I looked it up. They had an album called Birds of Prey, and Prey is spelled P-R-A-Y, you mutt. Tell me that's not Christian rock. I mean, dude, I don't fucking know. I I never listened to that band. I mean, I remember when they were around at the time, and I was like, why do people like this? Like, I I just never understood it. But here, listen to this song. Like, could you imagine now? You have, like, pinchers on your nuts. That's how I felt in the entire late 90s, though. You know what I mean? Well, this this band was, like, mid-90s, like, 94. But there were a lot of bands like this. Like, well, first of all, see if you remember this song. They had singles up until 2003. I looked it up. Before Are they even, this. what happened to them? They go back to hell? They return so. to hell? Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank God. God, that band was so terrible. Do you remember this? God, yeah. What is this one called? <laughs> this is your favorite, I Alone. Oh. It's about masturbation. I think. <laughs> and the guy's like creepy. He looks like a Harry Krishna. Yeah. He's got like a like bald head with a little ponytail. Yeah, now could you imagine? Like you got a these guys bald head with a ponytail. Yeah, he's got like a ponytail in the back. I mean, so these guys did terrible things. Like I was reading, uh, one guy received electric shocks to his penis and testicles, and then they took a burning uh, a burning lighter and just Mm. pushed it into his dick hole while listening to this song. Yeah, (laughs) like I would I would be like just. Kill me, please. Because yeah. this is the worst form of torture. That's I would take terrible. like five lighters in the dick hole over having to hear this. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. The mid-90s was a weird time. I mean, there were bands like... Remember that band, uh, The Crash Test Dummies? Of course, yeah. I, was, I don't know why, but I was thinking about them a lot recently, like a few months ago. Mm, what was you know, that song? Well, there was this kid who got into a nectar better devil dero. You know? That song and they, they had the called, whole video mm, with all the things. Mm, it didn't make any sense. It made like no was sense. covered in spots. Yeah. Yeah. Spots all over his body. <laughs> you know? It, it, it was like their one song. Like, I don't think they had yeah. any other songs. But you heard it was they so didn't. pervasive. You heard it yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was that band Toad the Wet Sprocket. Oh sure, yeah. Oh god. And then one of the worst is uh, Collective Soul. Oh yeah. Who I think was a Christian band. They were. Oh, as god. was Live. Yeah, I guess Live apparently too, which mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I mean, their music is so terrible. I'm not surprised that they also did Christian rock. Right. But yeah, this guy. I mean, you could. This dude is a true psychopath. I mean, he would like have to listen to this album, the whole album, while he tortured people. Yeah, and murdered them. Yeah, that's 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 utterly insane. I mean, even um, Elliot Roger had better taste. Yeah, at least you I know? could listen to like Hall and Oates. Steve Winwood. No, Steve Steve Winwood. Winwood. Oh, it was just Steve Winwood. Winwood. Well, okay, Steve. Win- Steve I would Winwood. rather listen to Steve Winwood. Than I'd rather live. any day of the week. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's get to the victims here. Yeah, um, I'm right. not going to read through all the victims. Yeah, like we're 10, we're going we're going over here. Let's you know. Yeah, yeah. There are like ten there. victims. There are quite a few of them. Right. But here's a, here's a couple highlights. So so one guy here, Ray Davies, a mentally handicapped man who uh, <laughs> Bunting said this guy is a pedophile. Um, 
So they garroted him with a piece of rope and a tire iron after being placed in a bath. They attacked him with clubs, repeatedly beat him on his genitals, and crushed his toes with a pair of pliers while listening to the live album Lightning Crashes. The hmm. lightning in, what's it called? Lightning in a bottle or something? I, I don't know. It's called uh, Throwing Copper. Lightning Crashes is one of the hits off that, too. Have you ever seen a video where Ray Davies demeans his brother, Dave Davies, from the Kinks? No. There's some funny things. Because, you know, Dave Davies, Ray Davies was obviously the main force behind yeah, yeah. the band, you know? Um, but Dave Davies wrote some songs, too. But there was, I, there was some video where you could find it on YouTube. And uh, they're, like, playing live somewhere. And Ray Davies is like, it's the great Dave. You know, he's introduced the, the members of the band. It's the great Dave Davies. <laughs> yeah, he wrote... Uh, Death of a Clown. That was a great one, huh? And it's like his brother's getting so pissed off at him. It's fucking hilarious. Do you think hilarious. he's like, what, Liam Gallagher or something? Yeah, pretty much. Like Liam he's totally Miller. Liam Gallagher. He's Gallaghering the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Davies was, was murdered, obviously. He was never reported missing. And in court, Vilasakis detailed uh, his uh, Bunting's recollections of torturing Davies before he was murdered. Um, he actually, Bunting claimed that it was uh, Velasakis' mother who had stabbed Davies in the leg before they just strangled him with uh, jumper leads. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said they sat him in the bathtub and they used a pole to hit him in the groin. And Bunting said that they hit him so hard that his balls doubled in size. Mm. Yeah, and they killed him. The uh, second guy was this guy, Barry Lane, who was a, a gay crossdresser who had actually been in like a year-long relationship with Wagner when he met Bunting. Back in 91 and moved their name. I mean, these guys lived together. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Uh, Lane was tortured by having his toes crushed with pliers. Um, Bunting despised him. He had spent time with him in order to procure names of child abusers so he could add them to his spider wall. So apparently, I guess that guy was complicit in helping him identify some pedos. Uh, they tort- I just identify a bunch of people that I don't, I don't like. You know, <laughs> you just pick up, pick up people yeah. you don't like. This yeah, guy's ugly. Sure. This guy's fat. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lane was tortured with pliers, and this is the worst part. He was forced to call his elderly mother and say he was moving to Queensland. Mm. While listening to her son's strange phone call, she said she could hear voices in the background giggling and laughing, and I'm sure she heard that fucking live song. You know, I alone just blasting. There's not the end of the end. <laughs> I alone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they strangled him and uh, rolled him up in a carpet, and he ended up in one of the barrels of acid. Um, Velasakis said in court that Bunting and Wagner just behaved like excited children after Mr. Lane's death. Just running around, playing a game And afterwards, they were heard humming, Another intellectually disabled guy here, Fred Brooks, was only 18, um, he was the son of uh, Jody Elliott, who was a woman that was in love with Bunting. He was chosen by Bunting just as an easy victim because uh, no, he's intellectually disabled. Uh, they handcuffed him and thumb, thumb cuffed him, which is odd. Yeah. Semi naked in the bath, he was punched and they injected uh, substances into his testicles. He then had electrodes attached to him. Uh, they lit cigarette butts and placed him in his nose and ears. And uh, then a lit sparkler was inserted into his penis, and he was bashed to death, wrapped in plastic, placed in the boot of a car. Terrible. Terrible guy. Uh, Finally here, um, Elizabeth Hayden, which is important, that was one of the uh, lieutenant's wives, was Mm -hmm. also killed by Bunting and Wagner in her home 
while her husband was out. So Mark Hayden didn't participate, but this guy actually helped them dispose of the, uh, the bodies. That's mm-hmm. why they got caught. That was the Achilles heel here. Because Mark Hayden, his wife was murdered. He knew these guys that murdered his wife. But then he did even report her missing. Yeah, he did. Why'd, he did they, he, murder, why'd they murder his wife again? Because uh, Bunting didn't like her. Hmm. I, think he, I, I don't know if she was like not a live fan or yeah, something. Maybe she it. was like, no, we're not going to listen to this yeah. fucking album again. Yeah. You Wait psychopathic a You don't twat. like Ugly Kid Joe? <laughs> Add her to the spider board or whatever the fuck, you know? So this, this mm. is what caused the investigation to take shape. So, I mean, these guys have been murdering for like seven years. Uh, but then Elizabeth Hayden's brother reported her missing right after her disappearance. And he couldn't believe that her husband like, didn't report her missing. And his explanations for her disappearance just didn't make any sense. He also was, the brother was also kind of surprised that she would just leave her two young sons. So he found, it, he found it suspicious. They started investigating it. And then they found out that they found a couple bodies in Adelaide. And then they found that they started connecting that some of these victims all knew each other and they knew other people. So what happened is uh, police started uh, uh, placing listening devices, bugging Mark Hayden's house. And so these recordings is what brought the gang down. Because Mark Hayden, though he didn't, wasn't complicit in the murders, he didn't actually participate in the murders, he helped dispose of the bodies. And so that led them to, uh, to arrest him. And then they found out you know, the location of a lot of these bodies. So they found a couple guys that were buried in, uh, I guess, a, a neighborhood called Lower Light, which is in Adelaide. Uh, the barrels were stored, like, all around. They would move them, like, quite often. Like, they're, sometimes they were stored in Hayden's backyard. Then they put them in a land cruiser and took them to uh, a farm in Adelaide. And then, uh, eventually, the barrels all ended up in a bank vault, which was rented by Hayden, using the name uh, Mark Lawrence which apparently was the name he used before he married. So I, don't know, I think he took his wife's maiden name. Which I, right. I, Is that what most Australian men do? I don't think so. Is that customary in Australia? Take your I wife's don't think, maiden I name? I think that's pretty non-custom. <laughs> I could see you being like yeah. completely wasted on fosters. And your wife suggests it. You're like, all right, I don't care. Yeah. I'll take your name. Right. Um, they couldn't identify most of the remains because they're mummified rather than dissolved, which is mm-hmm. weird. But they've been stored in uh, barrels of acid, hydrochloric acid, which uh, just mummified the remains. And uh, eventually, uh, yeah, they took down the whole gang. So it all started with Hayden, took down the whole gang. Uh, first, the accused was Velasakis, the youngest guy, given four life sentences. And uh, he pled guilty to the four murders, and he flipped on uh, his cohorts here. Uh, the other guys pled not guilty to 10 counts of murder. Um, one guy just got uh, uh, assisting. Uh, Hayden actually ended up just getting uh, assisting the other people because he actually didn't murder anybody. So he was just right. assisting offenders. So he got 25 years in jail. But uh, Wagner and Bunting, the two main lieutenants, um, yeah, they got uh, life in prison. So uh, they ended up uh, pleading guilty to three murders, but they were convicted of seven. Both appealed their convictions, but they're each sentenced to life imprisonment. Um, okay. And the judge said that they, uh, these men were in the business of killing for pleasure and are incapable of true re- rehabilitation. Business hmm. of killing for pleasure. Business is good, huh? He said, uh, you know, they, they styled themselves as vigilantes who took care of pedophiles, but really most of their victims are actually not even gay or pedophiles. 
The weirdest thing about it, though, is when the, uh, and I didn't even know you were allowed to do this, but when the verdict was being read, Bunting just was sitting there reading a book, not even looking up at the jury. Are you allowed mm. to read a book in court? Usually, I feel like no. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And Wagner yelled out, we took action. You should thank us, which mm. no one did. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're considered all shows were serial killers. And Snowtown um, got so much unwanted attention. You know who did thank them, though? <clears throat> Uh, silver chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Live didn't thank him. I wonder if yeah, that's why Live. Silver chair was actually Australian. I uh, was silver chair Australian. Yeah, I can't even remember that video song. with the fucking pig man. God, I don't even. What was the song called? It was. I don't know what the song was called. It was uh, your girl gonna wake up, fat boy, fat boy, <laughs> and it had like a pig man in the video. <laughs> <laughs> so Snowtown kind of became a dark tourist attraction. A lot of people came there to mm. check out the bank vault. And I guess they okay. sell magnets, which I kind of want one. That said, mm. uh, Snowtown SA, you'll have a barrel of fun. Uh, they tried to change the name of the town uh, to Rosetown to kind of uh, get rid of the stigma. But that never mm. took. I kind of want to check out this movie, though. A movie came out called uh, mm. Snowtown in 2011. Right. About these murders. Um, finally here, actually, recent news, April 9th of this year, uh, serial killer Robert Wagner was denied a non-parole period hmm. after a judge ruled in 10 seconds. The, the, the case lasted 10 seconds. Wagner represented himself in front of uh, the South Australian Supreme Court, and he ruled uh, 10 seconds. No, you're a hardened killer. Life in hmm. prison. So there you go. That's the Snowtown right. murders. Thank you, Paul, for that suggestion. And that's a great way to, uh, you know, for the first show of, uh, isn't it Pride Month? Hell of a way it? to start Pride. Yes, it's Pride Month. I was just thinking about that. Is that different than Leather Month or is it the same? Yeah, it's is like it all different? the gay pride parades. Are in, okay, uh, right. I don't know I when Leather, is Leather Month even a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Is that like one of your personal holidays or something? Oh, like yeah. It's, I'm so, yes. <laughs> leather month. It's yeah. time for leather month. The leather daddy comes down the chimney and fists you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Paul, for the suggestion. People, it's episode 690 here is Sick and Wrong. Uh, we have uh, uh, news stories coming next. We have phone calls after that. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So the first story we have here, um, I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, this guy, uh, an evil and selfish man, threw a boy five years old from a Mall of America balcony. Did you hear about that? Uh, I did. Yeah, this is kind of, it's one of those stories that's definitely sick and wrong, but there wasn't enough information about it. How is that selfish? It. What does he get out of it? I don't know. I think he's just, he's just selfish because- Does he, he was, harvest the boy's soul? Well, no, I think he's a selfish man because he feels that, you know, all mm -hmm. women should, you know, uh, allow him to buy them an orange Julius and have sex with them or something in the mall. Mm -hmm. But instead, uh, 
you know, he's an insane person. So women reject him. And that's then he freaks out and throws children over balconies. Man, if I could have an orange Julius right now, I would fucking punch a nun in the face. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in, oh man, you know? An orange Julius. Yeah. It's always like ra- random other people that, that seem to get the brunt of these incels attacks, you know? Well, usually it's like a woman. It's like, Rebecca won't go out with me, so I'm going to murder this old man, you know? Yeah, exactly. I just don't understand why. Mm. I mean, it didn't seem like this guy put any forethought into it. He just kind of, you know, grabbed the first thing that was near him, which happened to I be guess, a I guess boy. it's like, oh, this is the most, you know... Like, I guess a five-year-old can't really fight too much, so it's the weakest thing possible. And you could probably throw one attack. further yeah. than you could, like, a you know, full-grown adult. That's right. So this man was sentenced to 19 years in prison for the attempted premeditated murder of a five-year-old boy that he threw off a third-floor Mall of America balcony. And this, hmm. this is the worst part of it. Well, not the worst part, but I think this is, uh, like, this should, this should happen... With all murderers and all rapists, you should have mm. to, to face the victim's mom, if there mm. is a mom. So this guy had to face the boy's parents. Um, the father said, you chose to listen to the worst parts of yourself that day. You chose evil over good, and you hurt our precious boy. The mother said, God will judge you someday, and I have peace with that. I hand it off to him, and you'll take none of my thoughts ever again i am done with you she snapped her fingers walked out of the room that's not that bad no nah, it's not you know? that bad but i still think like that's got to be the worst part when you're like it'd you know, be more, you... worse if they're like just like put down a fucking boom box and played ugly kid joe or something or I'd be like no <laughs> stop judge you know? i would you know what i would if yeah. i was like a, a judge i think yeah. i would hand down those type of sentences it's like mm. yeah he needs to be in solitary confinement crash mm. test dummies mm song all the yeah. time for the next 25 years. You're going to write me a 45-page essay about mm, 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 mm. Would you, you know? kill yourself if you had to listen to that song? Yes. Every day, all day, 25 years. Yeah. Ugh. I think I would too. Um, Emmanuel Deshaun Aranda, 24 years old, admitted that he knew that throwing the boy off the balcony uh, could kill the child. At the Mall of America, which isn't the, isn't the, like, the largest mall in the country? Yes. Why is that mall even there anymore? Why does it exist? Who needs it? That's a good question. Because, I mean, malls are closing down all over the, uh, the country. They are, but I guess that has some novelty. And then it the still draws America. people just, you know, draws people out of state to it. To Bloomington, so, Minnesota to go walk yeah. around a big fucking mall. Correct. Oh, God. Thank God my parents didn't You ever go that. to those weird like malls up in the valley that are like, there's like nothing left in them? I love those malls. There's a place oh, I love in uh, so much. Bay City, Michigan called the Hampton yeah. Town Center, which was a thriving yeah. mall mm. when I was a kid, when I was like 13. Like it had an mm. arcade mm. where you could get weed at and it had like Kmart and all that. But by the time I had like graduated high school, mm. it, was, it was just a Kmart and a like a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. And that was it. It was you know, sad. Waltz roast beef, maybe, you know? <laughs> it was just like a, you know, a shadow of its former self. Yeah. I love that place. There's a, someone did like a photo essay on all the dead malls. Yeah. Um, his mother here, uh, uh, Emmanuel's mother, 
After getting the 19-year prison sentence, the mother, Becky Aranda, said that her son had battled mental illness from the age of three. And you know, to be honest, I blame Becky. Because why would you let this maniac go to the mall by himself? Who's Becky again? The mother. The mother oh, of the, okay. uh, right. the perpetrator here. I see. Yeah, like why would you let this maniac, who has a history of altercations in the mall, go to the mall by himself? How old is this fruitcake? Mental issues. 19. Okay. Or no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's 24. Okay. 19 year prison sentence for this 24 year old, which means mm. he's going to be like 45, like my age when he gets out of prison and yeah. guarantee the first place he goes back right to the mall. I don't understand his prison sentence. Coke what, dealers years? get bigger prison, prison sentence than that. Well, they, than the kid that, didn't you know? die. Still. You but know you what I mean? Know the other thing, he's a repeat like offender. Non-violent drug offenders, you know, like get more time than that. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you get three strikes, you must get be life white. in prison. He must be white or something. No, he's a black guy. Is he? Then Deshaun? That's even crazier. Who's named Deshaun? That's a middle name, though. All right, how many white guys do you know named Deshaun, even with a middle name? I don't, I don't ask everybody's fucking middle name. Well, right, he is pal. a black guy. I saw a picture of him. Okay, so. all right. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to bet, but hey. All right. uh, anyway, uh, uh, that day, Aranda had gone to the mall looking for someone to kill. And he felt driven to aggression after being repeatedly rejected by women that he had tried to speak with, which I don't even know what his, uh, yeah. you know, what his line was. He said he was, he was know, looking for someone to kill and also a hat with a foam butt on it from Spencer Gifts. <laughs> Those are the two things he was looking for. But he said he had been coming to the mall for years and just had been rejected by every woman who he tried to speak to. So I don't yeah. know what his line was. Like, can I interest you in an orange Julius and a Wetzel pretzel and a novelty shot glass from Spencer's? Yeah. And they're just like, no. Mm. And next thing you know, he grabs a kid, tosses him off a balcony. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Animal. Um, He considered at one point choosing an adult, but that did not, quote, work out. I don't know why. I think it's because you couldn't chuck an adult. Like, you could probably chuck a five-year-old across the room, could you? I, I don't know. I, I've I, never I tried. I don't know. Yeah, I think I've never he could. Tried. Uh, so allegedly, he's a good ten- looking. He's not a bad looking guy. No, you know he's I mean? not a bad yeah. looking guy. That's why yeah. I'm surprised. I just think a lot of these incels, like uh, Elliot Rogers, wasn't a bad looking guy. That's true. But they're just insane. Yep. Filled with hatred. At about 10:15 a.m. on a Friday, he was at the mall after being repeatedly rejected, wanted to kill somebody. He allegedly approached the victim five-year-old boy and his mother as they were outside of the Rainforest Cafe on the third floor of the mall. Uh, when the mother saw Aranda approaching, she decided to move out of his way, and without warning, he just picked up the boy and threw him over the railing. He landed about 40 feet, hit the ground. Yeesh. You know, it's probably better than the food poison you'd get from that wretched restaurant. Have you ever eaten one of those? Uh, what restaurant? Rainforest Cafe. No, I've never had. Oh, it. that place is awful. Oh, it's an accursed restaurant. I thought I thought all of those were gone. I'd rather eat at Olive Garden. Um, he then took off running, pushed another witness who tried to stop him against the wall, and then continued running until police caught him on a light rail train outside of the mall. It's on the People Mover. Well, apparently they have a fucking roller coaster in this mall. What the fuck? They have a roller coaster at the at Mall a of America? Of right now. Yes. All right, maybe I do yeah. want to go check indoor, it out. Indoor roller coaster. I bet you can get an Orange Julius there. Yeah, probably. You probably could. Um, the child, 
His first name, only he's only being identified by his first name, is Landon. What the fuck kind of first name is that? <laughs> Landon. I was friends with a Landon. Which, <laughs> yeah, your yeah. First name Landon. He's a documentary filmmaker. Landon. <laughs> Landon. Yeah. Did he go to yeah. the school for the gifted? Landon. Probably. Yeah. Um, he, had, he had it all. He did. Well, this Landon sustained severe head trauma and multiple broken bones in his arms and legs. And the incident was witnessed by his horrified mother and mm. others. I mean, that would be terrible to see. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the father said, uh, on what was a normal day for us, a day of fun and playing, a day of eating at the Rainforest Cafe, turned into an act intended to kill and destroy. That's what happened. All right. Yeah. Um, Aranda accepted full responsibility for his actions. And as I mentioned before, I kind of alluded to this. This wasn't the first time this guy caused trouble at the Mall of America. I mean, he is a repeat offender. I mean, the mall of, is not a great place to meet women if you're not 13, you know? I think that's really, well, I mean, I guess if you're a pedo, you could probably kidnap women there, but or children yeah. there. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you're creepy if you hang out there over 18. If you're over 18, you shouldn't be hanging out at the mall anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just creepy. Do, but do kids even do that this day and age? I honestly don't know. I, I honestly, tell you. I, I haven't been to a mall in a long time. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure if kids do this. Like if kids go, cause I mean, there's no arcades. So why would you go to the mall? Sometimes they get into retro stuff. You know what I mean? I suppose. Maybe, maybe they're mall walkers. Maybe that walk with their grandma. Yeah. Did you have an arcade that you hung out at? There were arcades. Ours was called Aladdin's Castle. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and like everyone in there was yeah. just a mullet just covered in acne. There was like a place where it was like an arcade and then it's like, you know what? No, I, I think I hung out in an arcade in like a roller rink place a lot. You know, That's even cooler than a mall. Yeah. You could pick up ladies at the roller rink. I couldn't, but you know, I'm sure people can. Yeah, people probably could. Yeah. So in July 2015... Aranda was taken into custody after police responded to a call about a man throwing things off the upper level of a mall to the lower level. <laughs> He's a menace, this guy. He's throwing, just throwing things. Throwing um, things, children, Children, dogs, Orange you know. Julius's, Wetzel's pretzels, who knows what he's yeah. throwing. Uh, he was convicted of fifth degree assault and interfering with an officer of the peace, and he was banned from the mall for a year. Yeah, so th this guy's definitely like one of those like persona non gratas, like his pictures, like in the security, like the rent -a cops are like, okay, we got to kick that guy out. Yeah. It's not allowed in here. Um, later, later that same year, he was arrested without incident after police responded to a call that a man had been smashing computer parts at like a computer store there. So I guess he got angry after reading something on Facebook. This guy had some this sounds like a issues. lot of all the stuff I do when I play Dead Rising. Do you get that you're upset? Like, you're fighting computers? zombies in a mall, and you're like smashing computers and hitting them with computers and throwing guys off of things, and yeah, <laughs> fighting clowns, fighting maybe, with clowns on a roller coaster. Maybe know? that's what this guy needed. Yeah, get that aggression out. You know, that's right. Uh, then in uh, October, also 2015, he was arrested a third time after throwing drinks at a woman in a restaurant located inside the Mall of America. Apparently, he had uh, asked her several times to buy him something to eat or at least give him some money. 
And then he was being asked, he was asked to leave by a restaurant employee. He then just grabbed full glasses of ice water and tea and just started throwing them at people. <laughs> <laughs> he then was uh, he then uh, also women love it when you when you ask them if you can if they can buy you. Some, hey, lady, 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 can I get a hash brown? Can I get a hash brown? Can I get a hash brown? You know, maybe that's why they're rejecting his sexual advances. Yeah. You know, if you keep coming up and asking them to buy you something, it's probably not going to work out. Um, at that point, he, he uh, also uh, had to plead guilty to fifth-degree assault and interfering with an officer of the peace. So this guy was a menace. First mm. of all, he should have had a keeper, because I don't think this guy should be allowed to go out to the mall unattended. That's right. And second of all, he should have just been banned from the mall. Okay. If I was that kid, I'd never go into a mall again. He's like uh, Samuel Jackson on Breakable. Mm-hmm. But he's he's like Mr. Breakable or whatever that yeah, guy was. Yeah, he's exactly like that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's going to be a super right. villain now. Yeah. Hopefully he destroys every mall because we don't need those. Mm. Anyway, what do you have here for the second story? All right. Texas man shoots some, then has a father-son talk before stabbing him to death. Is that a Waylon Jennings song? Uh-huh. Oh, I love that one. That's right. Um, A Deer Park father, fed up with his supposedly unruly adult son, shot him several times, then proceeded to have a father-son talk before ultimately stabbing him to death. Shouldn't you usually have a father-son talk before the shooting? Usually. Yeah. But this is is a a unique father. (laughs) This is Psycho Dad. Tough love. Psycho Dad. Psycho Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is tough love here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there was some sort of long-standing tension between Sherman Shirley Fricks, 68, and his son, Sherman P- Palmer Fricks, Jr. <laughs> Jesus Sherman. Christ. Do you remember George Jefferson? Wasn't his name Sherman Helmsley? Sherman Helmsley, yeah. 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 Sherman. 20, 27. Um. <laughs> Yeah, in a probable cause hearing Monday morning, prosecutors said the father had become fed up with his son's attitude. Hmm. Frick stated that he had called law enforcement on his son in the past, but they were never able to fix it. So today, he decided to fix it. So wait, wait. What did Sherman Shirley expect the police to do? Surely they couldn't fix his son. Ugh. Well, look, I mean, look, the, you know, the cops, they're not fucking social workers. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. What, what does he expect them yeah. to do, really? I don't know. Like, I don't fix know it. Fix it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Give your kid electroshock therapy. I don't know what you're going to do. Jim will fix it. <laughs> um, just the day before, the son had broken his phone. So Fricks took him to a local electronics store to get it fixed, prosecutors what? said. Radio Shack? I think so. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. You get one of those kits where it's like, you can make a robot and radio shack or whatever you can make a shortwave radio with all this nonsense fix your flip phone no wonder that store went out of business jesus um on the way home the sun began <laughs> what the funny thing about it is is you did you already uh, uh disclose the son's age he's not 27, 16. He's 27. yeah he's a 27 year old man man He's That's not right. a 16-year-old kid. No. no. Um, but he probably only listens to audiobooks. I'm getting the impression. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think he reads all that much. Yeah. 
On the way home, the son began kicking the back of the front passenger seat where the father's girlfriend was sitting. <laughs> he's 27. Yeah. And he's kicking the, the seat where the girlfriend's sitting. Yes, okay. that's right. So then the next day, around 11 a.m. on Sunday, when most folks are going to church, <laughs> Frick's, Frick's armed him, the father armed himself with a 38 pistol and sat in wait while his son went to get fast food for lunch. <laughs> Wait, so he had planned this out. He's like, as soon as he comes back with his fucking as soon Arby's. As he comes back from Carl's Jr. Carl's Arby's. Jr. I'm going to shoot the kid. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sherman Jr. He's going to learn right. a lesson. So as, as, as the son walked into their home, uh, Fricks asked him what he had ordered. His response was a smart comment. I'd like to know that comment. I know. What you think I ordered, fat ass? Yeah. <laughs> Not something gay like you would order, Dad. You know? <laughs> I didn't order fucking fish sticks, yeah. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> He's like 27 and yeah. still living at home and has an attitude. Well, look, I mean, none of these people sound like geniuses, all right? What, what town was this in? What city? Texas, um, right? Deer... Park, Texas. Is that, a, is that a Michigan? No, it's Texas. It's Texas, Texas. Probably, okay, yeah. yeah. Deer Park. Deer so. Park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, because I mean, like you know, it's like that's it. That smart remark is getting you shot. You know, a lot of audiobooks like, come out of Deer Park. <laughs> yeah, like that's like that's weird. <laughs> I gotta say that's a little weird. Frick stated that he was prepared to shoot his son in the back. And that was his plan. That's coward. That's cowardly. That's cowardly to do that. It is. It's cowardly. Um, it's also cowardly to kick your father's girlfriend's seat. You know. <laughs> um, he stated his son made the smart remark and turned to him. Fricks just started shooting him until nothing else came out of the handgun. Whoa! After so the he shooting, just unloaded. Yeah. After the shooting, his son was still alive. Wow. So he just like yeah. unloaded a whole magazine into his kid and the kid still lived. I bet you his kid was mm. a fat ass. You think so? I think he was just a, yeah, I think it was like the kid from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Was yeah, I mean, he thing? was going to get fast food for lunch at 11 a.m., <laughs> you know? <laughs> going down to Burger King to get like six yeah. Whoppers. Yeah. So, hey, what'd you get, son? You know, what if he just had a regular response? And not a smart ass response. I don't know. Would he still shoot him? Yeah. You don't shoot him living. once or something, you know. I got a um, fuck you meal, Dad. Fuck yeah. you. I bet you that's the thing. That's why he lived because he was like, mm. I don't know, he weighs like three hundred and fifty pounds. That's right. Yeah. As his son was dying on the floor, Fricks and <laughs> Fricks initiated a father son conversation with him, according to court records. Some sad music plays in the background. And yeah. <laughs> Uncle Jesse sits down and has a heartwarming discussion, a heartfelt he, conversation. Do you think he got what to say from he talked to Wilson over the fence beforehand? Like on home improvement. You know? yeah, what did he possibly say to his yeah. dying fat son? Yeah. You know? This is to teach you a lesson about making smart remarks, you fat fuck. And he's eating his fries out of the bag. His fries bloody, are just falling yeah. on the ground all bloody. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so he had a father-son conversation with him. After about 20 minutes, 20 minutes, this talk went on. 20 minutes? 20. So this, this is kid- like what my dad would do. Not my bio dad, but my dad, dad. Like he, like I've had to listen to so, like if you get in trouble, he's going to like talk to you for, he's going to drive you around for like an hour and a half and just blah, 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 blah. But was he worst. angry? Like, was oh, he, yeah. so he was just, you know, excoriating you, just like yep. tongue lashing. Yeah, driving all across Rhode Island. Swearing? Because you could drive across Rhode Island in like an hour, you know? Like, was he swearing? No, he doesn't swear that much. See, yeah. my, my father never mm. really did that. Mm. All my father did was like, mm. David, I'm very disappointed in you. And that was it. Yeah, no, like, no, my dad would right. just, you know, yeah, he's like, he'd like flip out if you like wiped your fucking hands wrong at the you know, dinner. But would he get like, all red-faced? That's red not how faced? you wipe your hands! And he's like, punch you, you know? Would he get like red-faced and sweaty? Yeah. yeah. Wow. God, yeah. I don't think I've... I mean, I've seen dads in public get that worked yeah. up, but I don't yeah. think I've ever had my dad be that worked up. And it wouldn't be that bad if you didn't have to listen to him for like two hours, you know? Well, you're a captive audience. You're just yeah, in the yeah. car, just driving yeah. around. Yep. Would yep. you say anything? Nope. You know, I just smart-ass like, comments? Just, no, because it's like it just it will just make it'll just make it longer. It'll just make it worse, you know. So God. you just like a girl. You say, yes, yeah, okay, yep. All right, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, and then yeah. when you park in your driveway, he's like, does he give you a hug or anything, or put his, you know, hand on your shoulder? I don't remember. You know, it's like Harrison. I hope you listen. Learn something today. Probably not if he's mad. No, probably because it was like you know because he was like luckily he I only had to see him once a week, so if he was mad it would just be like that would be the time just be driving around getting yelled at. You are know? you are you allowed to give your kid a swirly? I don't know. Like is that considered abuse? I remember when I when 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 he actually lived with my mother when I was yeah, they got divorced when I was like five or six or something, but. Um, I remember I made the bed wrong. I must have been like four, you know? I, I honestly must have been four because they he still lived at the house. And um, and I got spanked because I made the bed wrong. How do you make a bed wrong? According to his strict, like, fucking standards, I made it, I made, I did it wrong. You Jesus know? Christ, your dad was a psycho. Yeah, yeah he was nuts. Like, what yeah. the hell? No wonder he's been married like seven times. Yeah. So I'm saying I get this. I get this whole thing, you know. Um, <laughs> Do your dad have guns? He's got guns, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. 20 minutes of him giving yeah. this like yeah. heartfelt father After son 20 minutes, conversation. Yeah, the, the son reportedly grabbed his father by the arm, at which point the father, already armed with a kitchen knife, stabbed him several times. Jesus, where yeah. was the where was the girlfriend? Was she like you go, Sherm, get that yeah, fat pig? Yeah, God knows. Yeah, you know? I mean, what the hell? He had a gun in one hand and a and a kitchen knife, and who does that? Rambo. No, Rambo wouldn't even. You know, Rambo's <laughs> got like a fucking Bowie knife or like a you know the jagged a ki- knife, a kitchen knife, and a thirty eight. What the fuck shit is that? And he just you know? shanked the kid. The whole point you have a gun is so you don't have to like run around with a kitchen knife like an idiot. Yeah, you well, know? This, I mean, he that's just, the whole point of having a gun. Yeah, but he just unloaded the the, the magazine into this kid and it didn't kill him. What else? Well, you supposed beat to him do? to death with the gun. With that then. toaster? No, oh. with the gun. <laughs> just bash his head in with the gun. You know? I suppose. Jesus Christ, we gotta stab him. 
What is this? Going, what's going on here? It's crazy. I don't know why that's the that's like a fucking beyond the pale for me, you know, but yeah, after shooting 20 times. Officers rush to the home after like a half an hour of all this nonsense. Uh rush to the home, found the younger Fricks nearly lifeless. They started CPR to try and save Fricks who later died at the hospital. In his court appearance Monday, Frick Sr. broke down in tears as a judge ordered him to be held on $60,000 bail. That seems kind of low for murdering your son. That seems really low. Yeah. I remember when my, when my ex-girlfriend got arrested. I, later they dropped the bail, but at first the bail for stabbing me was $50,000. <laughs> you know? And I was almost going to get a, get a bond to get her out. I'm glad I didn't because I would have just lost five grand if I'd done that. Um, yeah. He was later released from custody after posting the bond. So he posted that shit. Oh, so he actually did. Yeah. He did post $60,000. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you're 68 years old and you don't have $60,000, you done goofed. You, know? <laughs> you done goofed. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he faces first degree felony murder. So there you go. So, but did the boy learn a lesson? That's what I want to know. Yeah, he did learn a lesson. You know, he did actually. He learned like something. a that's that's like a harsh like Michael Landon House on the Prairie lesson, where what? it's like he just like fucking scalps you. You know, he like scalps <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder to teach her a lesson about fucking you know not leaving strawberry preserves out for the fucking Apaches or whatever. You know. Well, isn't that how? Uh... Michael J. Fox got Parkinson's. That episode of uh, Family Ties when the dad just like taught him a horrible lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that episode. I forget what happened exactly, but beat the shit out of that guy. He was shaky yeah. for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's like, look, Terrible. to teach you a lesson, I ha you know, because he was such a liberal dad. But it's like, <laughs> but why did he have to, <laughs> why did he have to infect him with a degenerative illness? You well, know? Because, I mean, he was, was that like, really. Do you remember that one episode where Michael J. Fox took a bunch of speed so he could study for his exam? Yes, I do. <laughs> his yeah. parents thought he was like doing drugs. The funniest thing about that show is my brother in the late 80s looked yeah. almost exactly like Mallory's boyfriend, Nick. I don't remember that. He had like a mullet and an earring. And we would be out at restaurants and people yeah. come over and be like, oh my God, are you the guy from Family Ties? Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird because it's just such a random person to think that you know you look like but i mean my brother probably could have gotten laid if he was into chicks yeah but huh. he, he wasn't well what was, so was that remember the episode of saved by the bell where jesse takes speed or something <laughs> and she's no. like time 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 there's never any time <laughs> <laughs> it was good i think they i mean it's a good it's a good study aid yeah you know well, yeah. I would like to know what the lesson was that he was trying to teach him. Like, don't eat McDonald's at 11 a.m. or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah, don't make a fool of me in Radio Shack, you fat fuck. You know, there's <laughs> something like that, you know. Yeah. No, no, I need to find a picture of that yeah. kid. But I guarantee yeah. he weighed like 400 pounds. Yeah. I remember she had a breakdown while dancing to uh, I'm So Excited. <laughs> because in that of the episode. Speed? Yeah, because I'm so excited. And then she's like, I'm so scared. And they were just caffeine pills. They were only caffeine pills, too. What was uh, Michael yeah. J. Fox taking? I don't remember. I think it was also caffeine pills. Was it? Jesus and then, Christ. Yeah, and then his dad had to have like a heart-to-heart -heart with him or something. Yeah. 
Something like that. Something. So. Anyway, there you go, people. Listen mm. to your parents. Respect them. Mm. Yep. Or you'll get shot like 20 times and then stabbed. Yes. <laughs> Prison style. It's uh, not a le- I'm going to say, I've said this before <laughs> on the show, it's not a lesson if the person you're teaching the lesson to dies. Yeah, I know. I don't, right? I don't think you really learned something. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, people, send your story. Instagram podcast at gmail.com. We have phone calls coming up next. You can call the Sigurong hotline at 323-522-4032. Remember, you don't have to be drunk to call the drunk dial line. It's yeah, just yeah. The, the manner of speaking. Uh, but before we get to our first call here, uh, how about a word from Adam and Eve? Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. Got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, these are some random calls. I don't think any of them are related. Uh, the first one is uh, from a guy... Talking about sibling relationships. We can all relate to that. Sure. Hello, I've been a listener for a few years. I've wanted to come into I've wanted to call and tell you guys this story for a while. I've uh, just recently been inspired by the Roadhead story. Uh, called up a couple times before with some shit stories. Uh, this one's so fucked up. I kind of don't want to give my real name. Uh, you guys are more than welcome to give me a name uh, as long as you never have to give your real name, guys. Yeah, why would you, you know? give your real name? Yeah, there's no reason to do that. I mean, you can make something up. We'll yeah. usually make some. We'll make something sure. up for you. Yeah, we sir. will. Don't worry. Bad. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, I'm half Middle Eastern. Uh, my father was the sleaziest fucking immigrant that ever walked the earth. I've got about ten siblings from four different women. Wow. Um, who is that? Uh, Middle Eastern guy from that 70s show. Uh, that was Fez, but he was supposed to be South American. Oh, all right. And he was in real life, too, the actor. Yeah. So he was, was not Middle was, Eastern. Sorry. I was thinking of calling this guy Fez, but yeah, still my work. Yeah. And uh, what happened was uh, when I was about 17, I met a girl who was supposedly my sister. Uh, she moved in with us and everything. And uh, it was later revealed uh, when the paternity test results came out that she wasn't really my sister. And shortly after that, she started saying, you know, kind of weird stuff to me, like, oh, uh, you know, I totally sucked you off in your sleep and shit like that. And then uh, uh, one day uh, we were watching a movie. Uh, we both fell asleep in my bed, uh, woke up in the middle of the night. She's rubbing my dick over my boxers. Wait a second. So why did this? All, why is this show suddenly become incest fucking porn playhouse? You know, I know it, it's what everybody's got this kind of incest story. I don't yeah. have anything even remotely like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm skeptical, I don't, but I'm gonna. I'm just for the sake of uh, you know theater. I'm gonna go along with it. And it's real. I, 
Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm trying to suspend disbelief here. Yeah. But it's like the guy getting the blowjob from his mom, and then uh, last week we had one, and like this guy, you know, his steps. I mean, they're they're all like the the plots of uh, like Family Heat videos you see on Pornhub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm. I'm but I'm going to suspend my disbelief just for the entertainment factor. Sure. Uh. And, you know, I, I was a virgin, had never had a girlfriend at the time. Sure. So, you know, nobody else was barking up my tree. Uh, she wasn't hot, but, you know, she was kind of like a cuter, chubby chick. And, uh, you know, since I didn't stop her, she eventually started blowing me. And then, uh, you know, two ne- she blew me again the next night. Third night we had sex, and then we kind of had like a secret relationship for like a year and a half. So by this point, wait, wait. So by this point, they they already knew they weren't related. Well, that's what you said. The paternity test came right. back, and it, yeah. so this but guy had like, like she ten siblings. Okay, yeah, or ten siblings from different mothers, and this was like a girl who said that this was her father, and they moved. She moved in with them as just happenstance. She happened to move in with them. And then there was a paternity test, found out that it wasn't actually his daughter, but yet she still stayed with him and still okay. lived there. That's why I'm finding it kind of hard to believe. Yeah. But maybe That's... maybe that could happen. Maybe she had lived there for a few years already, and now they're like, oh, well, you're not siblings anymore. I've never like, been well, in Well, you've already got situation. all your shoes here, so we might as well, you know, yeah, it's might like as well you, stay here. I don't know. You have some clothes and a bed, so we're going to keep yeah. you here. I yep. just don't have sex with my son. Yeah. And then look what happens. Yeah. What The one thing I never understood about any of these scenarios is like, don't the parents find out? I mean, how, wouldn't you know? How would you know? I don't know. It'd just be what weird. What if they're not it's home? Like, no, I'm sure they were like fucking while they're home. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were out. They were teenagers, you know? I know, but teenagers fuck up. I just feel like it'd be Parents very difficult out. to hide this. Do you think you could have hid a relationship with your stepsister from your parents? I've never had sex uh, in the house where my mother was at the time. You know? I guess you could wait till I've they're out. N- I will never risk that happening because that would be like the worst thing that could happen in my mind. <laughs> you know? I mean, I've had her bust in on like me trying to make out with you. Even that was pretty horrible. You Did know? you ever catch a masturbating? No, thank Christ. Um, but, uh, you know. Is that why your dad was driving she loves around for two hours? busting in on things. She loves just busting in all the time, you know. So, like, you know, Christ, I, I, I make sure they're gone, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I just feel like it's weird to have mm. a year-long relationship mm. with your stepsister in the same house as your parents live in and just kind of like He said it was like a secret normal. relationship. I which guess. meant they probably waited until the parents were gone. Let's just assume. Right, let's or assume. they did real quiet sex, which is possible. You know? Well, in all those videos you see on Pornhub, the parents are always just oblivious. Like They're like sitting there like cooking burgers or something while you know, all the sex is going on. Right. Anybody who asked, we were siblings, but behind closed doors, we were fucking. I'm pretty ashamed of that. I uh, told my therapist about it on the first day. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of other stories from my fucked up family, if you guys uh, found that interesting. I did. Uh, I did, too. If you are going to give me a nickname, please don't let it be something fucked up like A-Rab Incest or something like that. I'd really <laughs> appreciate that. 
Yeah. Uh, keep it sick, keep it wrong, keep it sleazy. I don't know. I'm trying to think hmm. of something that's not racist. Is Alibaba racist? Yes, it is. All right, man. I think Fez. No. But that, that doesn't really not middle, apply. No. He's not even Middle Eastern. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong with you? No. Who's they the just, guy from Indiana Jones? That was a that was a uh, Asian kid. No, you're thinking a short round. That was, that was oh, the yeah. guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was his buddy. Fuck. Um, I can't remember the, the fucking fat English guy. No, there was a fat Arabic guy that was. He wasn't like Arabic. His... He was English. You're out of your mind, Salah. Salah. Oh Salah? yeah, no, that was just whitewashing. <laughs> That, that was guy what wasn't that, was guy that guy is, is that guy an, is John, he's Jonathan Reese Myers or whatever Jonathan Reese Davies he's the fucking most British guy that ever lived on the planet ah, okay right. I mean I yes he was his name was wasn't Sala it was something Salah uh, I thought or, I don't forget no don't it know. wasn't that but it was yeah he was supposed to be Middle Eastern but he's like the most British guy that ever lived on the earth okay uh, he's a Welsh. Work, yeah, he's Welsh it. in real life. Is he okay. Welsh? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I, he I does the voice of Tree Beard. Wow. All right. He certainly, he certainly passed it off. When I was like, I don't know, eight when I saw that, <laughs> I totally thought he was Middle Eastern. Yeah. He also plays Gimli. <laughs> right. Does he really? I didn't even know that. Yep. All right. Well, we'll we'll work on your uh, your moniker here. But uh, mm. thank you for that story. And yes. We do want to hear your other stories, but we probably will doubt mm. the authenticity of them. I'm imagining his dad is like one of those like Turkish club, you know, like Turkish Guido club guys, you know, most interesting like man a real in the touch world type, type of guys. I'm going to disco. Ah, I'm going to disco. I don't know. Meet some women, maybe, you know, kind got of his, his shirt unbuttoned, three buttons, a lot of chest yep. hair. Yeah. Gold like chain. These, like these Persians. You know, Yeah, but I mean? those guys get a lot of ass, so. Sure they do. They, they, they have fucking so much money. Yeah, that's like you can't help but get ass. All right, next call here we have is uh, from Jizzy Jake, who did, I don't know if you heard about this. He met a Cuban chick. You heard about this? I don't think so. I thought he was still. Um, no, this is. I don't, this isn't the the epic story. Uh, well, from, I know he's been on Plenty of Fish lately. Yeah, so, I think um, he met this Cuban chick on Plenty of Fish. Okay. But people that haven't heard and the his epic... profile on Plenty of Fish is like <laughs> Jizzy Jake. Oh, I'd love to see that. His name is Jizzy Jake on Plenty of Fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show you. I have a picture of it. I'll send it. Wow. To you. Yeah. Yeah. We should it's almost great. put that on Patreon. I don't think we can. Oh, I don't fuck, think we, we can. can. But I could send it to you. Is that to like a you. violation of privacy or something? Yes. Oh, well. Yes. All right. He probably yeah. wouldn't care. No, you but need. I don't. Th I didn't get permission. So yeah, we'd need permission. You know, but anyway, yeah, send it to me. Text it to me. Um. So here's Jizzy Jake. Uh, talking about his new Cuban check. What's up, motherfuckers? It's Jizzy Jake calling in with you. Um, good to tell you about this chick that I met the other day. Super cute little Cuban chick with a tiny waist and a big booty. Very nice. Uh, went over to her uh, house and uh, I had to take a fucking shit, dude. And I've been drinking a lot, so go to the toilet, just blow it up. All this fucking just, just all water, you know? And I love how this guy does this at the girl's house. Like, would you do that before you go to the girl's house? You can't always control that shit, man. I suppose, but I would, like, take pains to try to do that before I even went do to you know the how much house. this guy drinks? He drinks a lot. And he probably okay. drinks, like, Natty Light or something. Yeah. Ugh. Then I'm like, all right, so I'm starting to wipe my ass. And, you know, I use 
a good amount of toilet paper. I'm like, all right, that must be good. Then me and her start fucking, and I'm on the bottom, and we're just like fucking going, going, going. Wouldn't you, if you took a shit at the girl's house, you knew you were about to have sex, would you try to like wash your ass with like hand soap or something? I don't know if I'd try to do that because that's weird. But, I but think it's I'd weirder to have shit smeared in your fucking ass hair. I would I would really make sure if there's no like wet wipes, I would really make sure I do it like fucking 20 <laughs> times, you know, with the toilet paper. Do you bring paper. wet wipes with you? No, I'm saying if there's no wet wipes there, I don't bring them. Are you crazy? I'm saying I just use the toilet paper like 20 times. You ever had to do that? I would. Yeah, I would do that. And yeah. I'd probably take some soap and just wipe, wipe my ass on it. Just wipe it off on a towel. What towel? It's in a bathroom. I'm sure there's a towel. Like a hand on, towel. On, this po- on a hand towel? You're going <laughs> to stick a hand towel in your ass? I would this, rather That's not do even that. your towel? Are you kidding me? I'd that's rather a- do that than have her encounter a dingleberry. And You're she's a vile me some creature. My God. <laughs> and then she finds the towel like what the fuck and she probably like why you probably put it back you probably put it back on the fucking thing and she like wipes her face and there's shit on her face yeah. <laughs> what i would do is i would use a towel and put it on the ground somewhere if there's like a laundry bin or something i would do that but anyway i just i wouldn't want to risk it that's what i'm saying i wouldn't want to risk right. a dingleberry but let's see what happens and my like, you ever like get that thing when you're fucking a chick from the bottom and like the bed sheets get caught in your butt and they were like white sheets. And, uh, when we got done, it was just smeared with fucking sweaty butt shit. Like it was just brown and fucking muddy and it was just so gross. She made me fucking go wash her my goddamn fucking sheets. Sweaty butt shit. <laughs> sweaty butt shit. Once there was this kid who had some sweaty butt shit on my white sheets. I, I, oh, I just think, I just like how he's like, yeah, and then she made me wash her sheets. Fuck, that sucked. It's like, yeah. could you imagine how mortified you'd be? Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. I don't even know what I would say. Mm. I think I would probably just grab my clothes and run out of the house and never speak to her again. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, yeah. It's, it's mature, but I think that I would sounds probably... sounds reasonable. I just, I wouldn't want to even, I wouldn't even know what to say. I'd just like white, I have like a fucking shit stain on your fucking clean white sheets. But you know what though? This is like something that just kind of rolls off Jizzy Jake's back. It doesn't seem to like affect him. I don't know. Yeah, it was so embarrassing. The look that she gave me was just like a pure disgust. <laughs> yeah, so make sure if you're going to be fucking a girl that you wipe your ass correctly. Don't don't do what Jake does. So I wouldn't. Doctor, I yeah no. <laughs> yeah, I would use your See, fucking hand why, towel. This is why Jizzy Jake is so popular with the ladies. It's it's because he has no shame. I think and that's what could, it is. And they could sense it. That's the thing. That's the big deal. I also you know? think it's like this, I don't know, inflated sense of confidence. But maybe it's just the no shame gives him that. Like it's just, he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't seem It's probably a chicken or the egg thing, you yeah. know? Same kind um, of deal. But yeah. They said that I blew my liver, my liver up. So my liver's 
enlarged, so I got to like cut off the drinking and stuff. So these uh, Jesus. Trump style calls probably won't be as often or as cool if I do do it. So, well, no, no, much love, y'all. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. Oh, that yeah, was very sober. I remember, I remember the, the date of this call, and there were several drunk calls since then. So, well, what about the epic Bum Island call? That was after this call. That was that was after this. All That's right. right. He obviously uh, still is engaging his, in his typical shenanigans here. Yeah. Well, because he was like, I, I remember when he first found out about his liver. He's like, I'm just going to keep it to like cocaine and meth and stuff, you know. <laughs> Just keep like, it to not, cocaine because that's yeah, not yeah, going to affect my liver. I mean, who could say I'm not a doctor? I don't know. Did, did you see the new Deadwood movie? Isn't that the problem yes. that Al Swearingen was having? Yeah, yeah, he had cirrhosis <laughs> of the liver. Yeah, and the doc, the doc yeah. was upset with him. What are you doing, Al? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah come on, Jizzy Jake. What are you doing? Yeah. You want to die? Well, yeah, although I mean, what? He, my God, man, you're not even forty. Yeah, no, you know? guy, I don't even, is he like 35? He's like 32 or 31 or something. Jesus Christ. And he's blown out his liver. Ah, man. That takes like time, man. Even Bob That's Madigan cool. was like 40 before he died from that. Yeah. I think Bob Madigan was like 43 when he died. But that's like, you know, a career drinker. I mean, he's been drinking since he was like 17 or 16. Mm. Although Jizzy Jake might have surpassed that. Yeah, but anyway, Jizzy Jake. Even if you're sober, I still appreciate your stories. Yeah, please. Yeah, and incest um, guy, you know, uh, whatever <laughs> your deal more is. incest tales. I like how you yeah. just have this—I uh, don't know—this really weird, arbitrary notion of phone calls. It's like no shit stories, no foreskins. Incest is cool. I, I, it totally makes total sense to me. One hundred percent makes sense to me. <laughs> Well, Jizzy Jake almost had a shit story. We had a, we had a foreskin call on the Patreon that was a. Here's all the stupid things you could do with your foreskin. <laughs> you could, and it was like the silly putty commercial. You know, it's like you can bounce it, and you could throw it down the stairs, and you could do this and that. And it's like, fuck you, I don't care. You know, I also don't think most people have that much fun with their foreskins, but it might no. be whatever. You know, but no, we need like a fucking treatise. You know, so people are right. People are going to be writing like fucking dissertations about their fucking foreskins and sending it to us forever now. Just forever. We're never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Although Jizzy Jake's, you know, call just now was, I would say, technically a shit story. Just a. Yeah, but it's Jizzy Jake. He could do no wrong in my eyes. (laughs) Right. I think next time use a hand towel and some fucking soap and you'll be fine. Um, Final call we have here. Remember that guy? I think he calls himself Suicide Show Bob, or maybe we called him that. I get him mixed up with people. I you know? do too. The voices mm-hmm. all kind of run together. But this guy called in with just a really just disappointing call. And I think mm-hmm. we were both upset by it. We were mm-hmm. both riled by it. And okay. so now I think he's trying to, I don't know, make up for it. He's right. contrite. And so he's trying again. Okay. All right. Suicide Show Bob. Hey, sick and wrong, Suicide Show Bob, April Fool's, sent you a shitty message that just pissed you off. I wish. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I fucked up. 
I go to an art school for film, so there's only so much of that. Okay. I I think it was the in my, this guy. Uh, this guy's a patron. That's interesting. Is he a patron? Was it wasn't a patron that though? wasn't that call that we did where we found out he was a vorophile? Wasn't that on the Patreon? I don't know if that's the same that was, guy. That, I don't. Is it the same? No, guy? it is. He goes to art school. Oh, maybe it art was. school rotundo. If they if, if if there are two different guys that sound exactly the same that go to art school, I'm gonna just kill myself. Okay. <laughs> I, I do I remember that, the Vorophile. Yeah. That, that, uh, Listen to his voice. He sounds, remember, he's like, oh, I went to art school, and then he was like kind of preaching about a bunch of nonsense. I don't even remember. And he he well, likes to watch women get eaten it. by worms and giant worms. What, well, you know? then what was our issue yeah. with the call? Like, why were we so upset? Other than that, it was just the most boring thing in the planet. <laughs> it was just, and it was just, he was saying, the way he was just, conveying any His idea tone. even though like all everything he was saying i agreed with it made me furious because yeah. the way he was saying it was just the worst way you could say it was the delivery Is yeah yeah what it was yeah anyway well let's see he's gonna yeah. try to like make up for it hmm. shit you can take or you just blow up and i like that story because it was a stick it to the man sort of thing yeah i did ramble anyway i feel like i owe you some penance so here's a penance here's a story of just bullshit to deal with at my cashier's job. I worked at a barbecue place part-time to get some extra spending money. And this one day, it was just really rainy. It was really ugly out. I was working the drive-thru. Uh, this old guy came through, went through the whole process. I took his card, swiped it, gave it back to him. And somehow, when I was going to grab his food, by the time I got back, he somehow lost his credit card. I have no idea how. He had me look around for it in my station. I couldn't find it, and he ended up driving off before he could take any of the food he had paid for. Would you uh, say, like, hey, you forgot your food? Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would, would do I would that. probably say that. You know, yeah. uh, did Quentin Tarantino work as a uh, cashier at a barbecue restaurant? No, he worked at a video store. Oh, are you Why sure he that? never worked at a barbecue restaurant? I don't know what his whole fucking work history. I'm not his <laughs> friend on LinkedIn. All right, I don't know. <laughs> what about Scorsese? I don't know. We'll what have he to look did. into that. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying it's like you know the humble origins. He still could mm. be a great auteur one day. Yeah, I mean he worked at a video store uh, in L.A. Uh, Beck worked at a video store in L.A. You know. Oh yeah. See. There you go. So. So that was just normal weird at the start. But then 10 minutes later, he came in through the front building to look for his car. <laughs> just this old guy with a cane and like he had a locked jaw. His mouth looked so tight. So now he was. <laughs> I'm imagining like Jim Carrey in prosthetics, like not even a real guy, you know? <laughs> Just his jaw just locked shut. <laughs> like uh, who's yeah, he had a real he had a rat face and he just come off a ship at sea, and he like had screws. It's, it's it's Nosferatu. <laughs> he likes barbecue. I don't who knew. Well, the we worst part about it is the guy yeah. left, and you feel like hey, you didn't take your food, and then he starts yeah. coming back, and you know he's just. Like hell hath no fury. It's like an old man who lost his credit card and thinks well, that he took it. I yeah, because this guy, this guy, the way this guy caller, he sounds like you could push him around pretty easily, right? I would smack him with a cane. 
Like I, one thing I used to like to about going to Comic Con is that you could just cut in line with people. Yeah, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? You They're know, not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. You know, so he sounds like a guy you could push him around a lot. Where like, I don't know if I lost my credit card or lost something in a restaurant. I would never even dream of trying to force like the cashier girl to, to look for so it, look for with it, me, and, like, you know, look around the counter. I, I would never I would, even deign to do that. I, yeah, I don't know who does that. I would maybe that. go back and just kind of look around and be like, "Hey, did I leave a credit card or something?" Yeah, I that's find what it. normal right. people do. That's and what people. Leave. But yeah. old people are different. Like they have this, like I don't know, this like a uh, sense of. You need to like help them because they they have a sense of authority or something, and they they, they deserve. He your might respect. well. Sometimes rich people are like that too because it's like if you don't come from like a working class background, if you never worked a service job, you kind of have this entitled attitude. About yeah, this entitlement. Stuff. That's yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. what they have. And I think old people have that just because it's like I'm old and I'm worthy of your respect because I've earned right. it. Yeah, it's like fuck you. Now I've got a cane with a silver lion on the top, you know? It's like, who cares? <laughs> Big deal. You know? And I never gave him his food. Although, how the hell was that my fault if he drove off before taking it? So anyway, he got his food. We had him check his all of his pockets. He couldn't find his credit card. And it reached the point where... Come on, Grandpa, check all your pockets. <laughs> I just like they're like they had well, him I check all a, his pockets. A movie ticket from when I went to see that Catherine Hepburn picture in 1964. <laughs> mm, and I have what else do I have in here? You know, I got a couple <laughs> pennies and some yeah. ribbon candy. It's like, yeah. what, like what, what do you want to see here? I'd oh, be like, a dude, buffalo nickel. You know, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Outside yeah. in the rain and dig through this random guy's car because he didn't believe us. So I went in. That None of that dude, makes any sense. You got to be out of your fucking mind. You went into this old man's disgusting vehicle. Yeah. Like this guy's like fucking. That's how you get kidnapped by like a crazy old, you know what I mean? Well, like this guy's 1988 Ford You're going to get, get outed. By this I, guy. And I'm he's going to use your body and yeah. do a much better job than you ever did living your life, buddy. God. You know? Yeah, I know exactly. He's going yeah. to steal your youth. Yes. You don't want to have that happen. That's the whole point of it. Man. Because first, first of all, if he didn't believe... He's like, I don't believe you. Come look in my car. That doesn't even make any sense. That makes zero sense. I was like, I ain't getting in nobody's car. You know, I, Grandpa, that's the that's thing. Know? I probably wouldn't be... A dick, but I never yeah. was one of those kids that had, I don't like, believe you. You hid my credit card in my car, you know? Yeah, but you don't have like some kids just like, oh, respect your elders. I was a boy yeah. scout. I wasn't like one of those. I wouldn't be a dick to the guy, but I'd be like, no, I, I don't have your credit card and I'm not looking in your car. I'm yeah. working. Like who's watching the drive through while you're looking through this yeah. old man's disgusting. Yeah. Ford what's he going to do? Give you a bad review on Yelp. He's 90. He doesn't know what Yelp is. <laughs> You know? <laughs> exactly. I don't the think you have to care about it. Yeah. Yeah, but well, he'll complain to the manager. Fuck him. You yeah. know, let the ma like just I, that's the point where you call the manager, where you're like, "Excuse me, Mr. Manager, deal with this fucking vampire, you know?" Well, I'm surprised that he wasn't in the back seat next thing you know, yeah. he's like yeah. fucking hogtied and yeah. buggered at this old man's house. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's turned into a walrus man. You know? A walrus man has to fight the other guy who's yeah, also yeah. a walrus. 
That's what happens. Yeah. Because, no, 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 you don't go into weird guys' cars. I'm sorry. No. You don't go into Count Orlock's car and look for Jesus. his shit, you know? Because also, that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You hid my credit card in my car, you know? I just, I, I don't care about this yeah. old man's credit mm. card enough to go mm. help him look for it. No. I just, I, I don't. I never, you got to stand up for yourself, um, uh, the- boring guy that we can't stand. Yeah, you know, you, you really got to stand up for yourself more and just be more assertive in life. Well, don't that, apologize to anybody for anything. Exactly. Take and a lesson from our shitty president. If you're going to take anything from him, <laughs> yeah, take that from him. Just, Never. Don't apologize. Don't for anything apologize ever. for anything. Yeah, exactly. So. No apologies. I had to get down on my knees and just crawl around digging through <laughs> chip and candy bar wrappers. Just get the crap. I, I dug underneath his chair. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? What the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, I like this caller now. This caller has redeemed himself he utterly has, in my eyes. There's he, some redemption Please here. tell me more of these stories of you humiliating, prostrating yourself for like weird old weirdos. For an old man. Like you're not even getting paid mm. anything. Mm. It's not like you're getting a tip from this man. Was he bopping you on the head with his with his lion cane? You know, <laughs> I hope his... he was just poking you in your side with his cane. Like, come on, boy, find my credit card, boy. Oh well, let's see what happens. Mm. Mm. And I just never found it. So of course, I guess he didn't. He was satisfied after that because he never came back. And literally, everyone in the restaurant is just sure. That he just left in a pocket and totally forgot it. I think what happened is he was like getting off on watching you just mm. dig through his fucking disgusting car and humiliate yourself. Yes. That's what I think happened. Yeah. I think this, I think this guy has some kind of weird old man fetish where he makes like some fucking naive youth dig through the trash in the backseat of his car. Yeah, because what else, you know, what else does he have to do? Go home yeah. and watch... NCIS and fantasize about the fucking goth girl going to the bathroom on him. Yeah, exactly. That's, it. That's, That's all the only other it. thing you can do. You and know? if you think about it, all it cost so, him was like six bucks for the barbecue fucking pulled pork sandwich. And yeah. now he gets to see some fucking idiot college student debase himself. Yeah. It's like it's ancient oh, yeah, Rome. Uh, it's gladiator fights for the new age. That's yeah. that's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My shitty retail story. I hope that serves as some degree of penance. Yes, it does. All right, it does. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. And uh, thanks for the laughs, guys. Well, thank you for that. Actually, I think I think he redeemed himself. Don't you think so? Yes, yes. I, this, I enjoyed that call. The world's most unlovable loser has definitely um, redeemed himself, in my eyes, at least. Just in the rain, just digging through this guy's detritus yeah. in the back of his Ford Pinto. Because, you know, he's got an old man car. It's not like mm. he's driving, like, a fucking, like, 2016 mm. Honda Accord here, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this guy sound. this kid sounds like, you know, I think by his age, I had learned, I don't know, I learned that... Seems like probably around 30, he'll realize, like, he doesn't have to do any of the stuff he's been doing, you know? Yeah, well, because remember what? last time he's like, I've threatened to kill people if they told anyone I was a vorophile. But it's like when, at some point when you turn 30, you realize like nothing matters and you don't 
Who it doesn't gives matter. A shit? If it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I, you know, I so. never understood the whole respect your elders thing. No, you don't have to do that. And maybe it's because my grandparents died when I was very young. All my family mm. dies when I was very young. But it was like <clears> my <throat> grandparents died when I was young. Yeah. But I still was just like, fuck old people. They're disgusting. And well, I don't that, give a shit. Well, then that's weird. Uh, yeah, that's very weird. But no, I mean, if they're nice, you help what? them, if they're right? Because nice, they're I would brittle, help them. and you, you know, they're brittle, and you help them carry things. And well, it's exactly. Fine. If an old person, you, you don't know. Sometimes they'll put you in your their will. Who knows? You don't yeah, know what's going to happen. Well, that's you know? true. But I, but I'm telling you, like, I've worked enough jobs where it's like you have mm. to deal with old people who have this like mm. sense of entitlement just because they're over eighty. No, if they're if people are mean to you, fuck them. That's it. That. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, but I think a lot of people like this guy's like, oh, you got to respect your elders and you got to help people. It's like, fuck that. I'm not digging through your fucking disgusting car. Yeah. Too bad. Anyway, people call the Sigma Hotline 323-522-4032. We got an email here that I want to uh, get to real quick and then we got to get out of here. All right. Um, This comes from uh, D from England. Uh, D says, hey, longtime listener, first time writing in. I recently had a baby, so I'm catching up with the episodes now. And I'm currently listening to episode 279. Uh, you got a long way to go there, D. I know you're all jokey and such, but I'm genuinely a bit worried about Harrison. I really do hope he's doing okay right now. I've noticed the, fast, the past few episodes, he seemed to be in a rough place again. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, please you're let not him wrong. know. We all love him and wish him well. Mm. Harrison, uh, you have some of the listeners concerned. Yeah, well, they should be concerned, you know? know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in a rough place, you know? Maybe it's your disgruntled shit's, tone. Shit's really turned, taking a turn for me, you know? I think and you're everyone's, doing better Everyone's than, abandoned me, you know what I mean? Uh, you're doing better than you have in the past. No. Nah, you got a job? Existentially, I'm not. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. I have a job. I'm making money. That's something. But existentially, I'm in a far worse place. Yeah, but existentially, know? who's really cool? You know, who's really in a good place? Not me. I don't know. Well, I'm not. Well, nobody's in a good place. But I'm saying it's a worse place. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I I, I feel like you've been uh, though. I feel like there's this like level of confidence to your voice, and uh, you know, and have that like uh, I don't know that the 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 uh, the feelings of despair. I haven't heard that coming across as much as usual. Well, then you're fucking oblivious. <laughs> like, I'm desperately concerned. trying to seek any kind of therapy I can because I'm on the verge of fucking, you know. But aren't you it's always kind good. of on the verge, the precipice of, uh, of There's self-destruction? Degrees. There's degrees. You know what I mean? Well, don't do it because the listening audience would be quite upset. Obviously. And D here would be very upset. And she just had a baby. How would you like her baby to grow up without Harrison? You know what? It doesn't matter. Her child's going to get thrown off a fucking balcony at a mall anyway. Who cares? You know? <laughs> By maybe. an incel. Or maybe she'll make Orange Definitely. Julius's. Yeah. And give someone the best Orange Julius they've ever had. And they just won't go on a killing spree. Mm. Who knows? On a Fuck more general everybody. note, you guys help me fall asleep every night. Not because you're dull, it's just relaxing. I think it's Harrison's dulcet tones. Um, I added that. I've learned a lot from listening. You're both surprisingly decent men, despite talking about weird shit all the time. You have my Well, now you got me depressed, D! And not you, D, the other D. Yeah, but she says that uh, we're decent men, which I like hearing, because that's something I seldom hear. 
So I we're do not. like that. You know, so <laughs> no, we're not. But I mean, yeah. at least we come across that way. Uh, she says, also, D, you're like weirdly attractive and I don't get it. Well, okay. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment, but uh, seems rather backhanded, but okay, that's fine. I've gotten yeah, that like before. what people say to, uh, well, as people other than you say to uh, that girl from Mad Men, what's her name? Something. Oh, what's her name? you find attractive. Yeah, for Even though she's actually fairly attractive. Well, I've had a few girlfriends tell me, like, you're unconventionally handsome. Which I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Unconventionally handsome. That's like those girls that are, like, cute, but they also look like Lovecraft monsters, you know? Yeah, it's like you're unconventionally yeah. handsome. God, I've, oh, it's like, them. I, I'm nuts for them, let me tell well, you. But I like Lovecraft, so. But they also say, like, Willem Dafoe, he's unconventionally handsome. It's like, okay, maybe. <laughs> I see what you're saying, but I still think that's a yeah. backhanded compliment. He's in movies is what he is. Yeah, you exactly. I mean? yeah. Um, she says, keep it sick, keep it wrong, love you both. D from England. P.S. Shout out to my big brother who falls asleep listening to your podcast and who introduced me to you like 10 years ago. So All right. Big shout out. I'm glad to somebody's D's introducing the show to somebody. Yeah. You know, because this show's taking a downturn. My God. <laughs> no, we're not going to get into that. But See? I'm just saying. See what's going to happen? You're people. driving Harrison to suicide by yeah. not listening to the show, people. Fuck everybody. Everybody's <laughs> a secret listener. Like it's like Nazi Germany and you can't listen to it. You can't tell people you listen to sick and wrong. You know? God for fucking bid you tell anybody about the show. Spread the assholes. sickness, people. Thank yeah. you, D. I appreciate that. And I hope you have a good night's sleep and a wet dream. Uh, people support the show by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. You sign up right now. And seriously, you have like, I don't know, three months of content. We put out so much shit lately. Yeah. Uh, but the last episode of um, Visual of Steel came out. We also have some hilarious outtakes from that. Uh, this week, we had a pretty good story about a grinder, I don't know, argument over yep. dick size. Yep. But that's the only way you can hear that is on the Patreon. So we have a lot of Patreon exclusive content. And another content. story about me masturbating to Kate McKinnon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harrison yeah, went into this right. very detailed story about yeah. masturbating to Kate McKinnon with like a jock strap and a ball gag in his mouth. So the only place you're going to hear that. That's not what I said at all, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> there, were, there was Go a jock strap and a ball gag There was a jock strap involved. It wasn't, yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta sign up to find out. That's the yeah. only way. It's, yeah. a, it's a mystery. Patreon.com yeah. slash Sick and Wrong. Finally right. here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I'm going to dedicate this one to all the people celebrating Pride Month. It's a song by the uh, infamous band Turbo Negro, uh, Rendezvous with Anus, which if you're into Anus, I hope you have a Rendezvous with Anus this month. Uh, it's from their album Apocalypse 2. We're going to end the show here with that. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 691. Till then, take a sleazy.
Well, there were a lot. Yeah, there were a lot of like, you know, one hit wonder weird fucking things in that time. You know what I mean? Well, Crash Hit Dummies. Yeah, Crash Hit Dummies is one of those mm. things. You know, <laughs> it's like, what was that even about? Once you know? there was this yeah. boy who, <laughs> when he came back. His hey. hair turned black to bright white. You remember that? Like, yeah, it was like, like he was covered in spots. Yeah. I got... saw birthmarks all over her body. <laughs> you know, it was like. 